Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're going to the Southwest for another show dealing with an exciting program. It's the Holbrook Indian School. If you've listened to American Indian Living in the past, you've heard about this exciting school that uh, is available to students from any Native background, but because of its proximity to the Navajo Nation, uh, predominantly attracts a, a Navajo student body. With me to lead things off is uh, Giovanna Poor Bear Adams. Giovanna, it's great to have you with us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Now, Giovanna, regular listeners perhaps remember your name because you were on the show a few years ago. I think we were on site at a convention venue, and you pulled away and shared your story about how you came to uh, Holbrook Indian School. You're now the vice principal there, correct? Yes, I am. But your connection with Holbrook is not just as a faculty member. Tell us about that. Well, um, I came here as a freshman in high school and uh, completed four years of school here and then went on to uh, Union College in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, and then I came back as a girl dean. Um, and then was promoted to the vice principal and registrar. And so uh, right now I'm the vice principal. Well, that's exciting. And Giovanna, you have deep uh, Native American roots. Tell us a little bit about your uh, background as far as your tribal background. Okay. All right. Every now and then I get confused for being Navajo because we work so close to the Navajo reservation and with uh, the Native peoples here. But I'm actually from Pine Ridge, South Dakota, from uh, of the Oglala Lakota Sioux tribe. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I grew up on and off the reservation there uh, before I came down here when I was 14. So you're a great example of how the school draws across tribal lines. People from a variety of tribal nations have come to the school over the years. So, Giovanni, you've done something special for today's show we're not just going to be talking to you, but you've also got some very special guests who are joining you. Can you introduce them to us? Yes, I have collected some children <laughs> to, uh, who would like to talk. I've got Adrian Weil. Hello. Uh, I've got Johanna So. Hello. And Shayla So. Hi. Well, this is great. So we got three actual real-life students from the Holbrook Indian School. Now, I know the answer to this, guys, because we've already met over the phone. But our listeners, they hear your voices. They say, well, I'm not sure these all sound like the same age students. doesn't sound like they might be in the same class. Tell us about where each of you are at in your academic training. Uh, Adrian, why don't you go first? Uh, my name is Adrian Wild. I'm 16, and I'm a sophomore. Okay, and have you been at Holbrook for a while? Yes, I've been here for seven years. Wow, seven years. That's quite a while. Yeah. Now, it's a boarding school, 
And some people in Indian country, when they hear about boarding schools, there were a lot of boarding schools uh, back a while ago that weren't really all that friendly to Native Americans. A lot of bad experiences. I've talked with many people, uh, you know, older than your age, who went to those boarding schools and had very bad experiences. But it sounds like Adrian, from what I know of Holbrook, you're there because you want to be there. Is that right? Yeah. And do you feel like they're putting down your culture? Your they don't let you speak uh, your tribal language and things like that. Uh, no, they uh, actually help us learn our language. So this is what's exciting because some people have uh, bad expressions when they hear boarding school. This is really a very different boarding school, and they're uh, helping you get more in touch with your, your tribal roots. I know that's one of the, the values they have there at, at Holbrook. So let's here just get a little bit of uh, introduction to the others, and then we'll talk uh, a little bit more detail about the program there. So, Joanna, uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Where are you from and how long you've been there at Holbrook? I'm going to turn 12 in February, and this is my first year here. Are you are you from nearby? I'm from Blue Gap, Arizona. Okay, and for those who don't know the area as well as you, is that a few blocks away or a few hundred miles, or do you have any idea? It's like four hours from here. Oh, okay. And then I noticed Shayla has the same last name as you. Are you related at all, Shayla? Yes. How are you related to uh, Joanna? We're sisters, and we were born from the same mom. Okay, okay, good deal. And now, I, I'll be honest with you, Shayla. You're not twins, are you? No. Because you didn't sound like twins. How, how Are you are a little bit different in age? How old are you? I'm a year younger. You're a year younger? Yeah. And did you blaze the trail to Holbrook? In other words, did you come there first and then your sister came and joined you? Or is it the first year for both of you? It's the first year for both of us. Okay, great. Well, I'm I'm glad, Giovanna, that you've got uh, these three students. And I'm really interested, and I know our, our listeners are interested, in hearing about what is happening at Holbrook? Why would some? Why would their students be excited? And why would they voluntarily be on the show? Because we all, both you, as the vice principal, and me as the host, we said, "Kids, I know you got a lot going on. If you don't want to join us for this interview, you're welcome to leave." But they're all staying by. They must be excited about the school. Um, let's start with you, Giovanna. You were a student there, and I'll, I'm going to just tell you the truth. I have met students who've gone to various high schools and I've heard them say, some of them, I'm so glad I'm done. I'm never going back here again. But you have gone back to Holbrook. What drew you back to the school? Well, um, there have there are a lot of people that I graduated and who graduated from school around the time that I did. And as I talk to them, you know, as we're older, they they miss going to school here. And they said, you know, when I was in, they call it SDA, 
um, the, they'll say, when I was at SDA, that was the best years of my life. I wish mm. I um, did better or I tried harder. You know, just they just love it here so much. Um, and a lot of the people, it's their safe place. And when I went to school here, this was my safe place. Um, it became my home while I was here. And so when I went away for school, um, and I knew as I as I was going through college that I was going to work with Native communities and that this is the place that I wanted to do it because this is a safe place. Wonderful. Adrian, is that been your experience? Do you, are, are you feel very comfortable there at Holbrook? Yeah. Tell me some of the things you like about the school, Adrian. Well, the faculty, they, they really get to know you. They, they, help you, they help you in the areas that you need help in, and they really like, show compassion to you. Wow, that's, that's, that's saying a lot. Yeah. So what areas have you seen? Uh, give me some examples, maybe a story or something. Can you, did anything come to mind of something you did at the school or some accomplishment you had, or something you learned, or maybe an area you were struggling where they helped you? Oh, my area of struggling was uh, reading. Uh-huh. My uh, dorm, uh, the dean, mother, she actually helped me how to read, right? Wow. So before you came to Holbrook, you were not a very good reader? No. And now how do you feel? How comfortable would you be if someone put a hundred-page book in front of you. Do you think he could handle that? That's nothing. That's nothing, huh? Well, that's great. No, that's that's quite a uh, quite a testimony. Well, what about you ladies? How about you? Now, you haven't been there as long as Adrian. Uh, is it, am I pronouncing your name right? Is it, do you pronounce it Joanna or Johanna, or how do you pronounce that? Johanna. Johanna. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sorry that I haven't been doing that well with your name. So, Johanna, tell me about your experience your first year there. I mean, you're you you're pretty young. Was it hard to leave home? Yes. Mm-hmm. But have you felt like you kind of got family there, even though you might not be related? Yes. So tell me tell me a story of something that that has happened to you at Holbrook that made you happy? The faculty, they're so nice. So by being nice, that means if you make a mistake, they don't yell at you? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a plus. What other things, what kind of nice things have they done for you? Um, they usually invite me over to the houses, and they help me through hard times. That's great. So if, if you're struggling with something, it's not like you're on your own. The faculty are looking out for you just like they would one of their own children, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So Shayla, you, you agree with your sister? Are the people nice there to you too, or do they play favorites because she's older than you? <laughs> well, they are nice, and I agree with her. You agree with her? Now, you're not just saying that she is. I can't see what's going on. You guys are in Arizona. I'm in California. Now, when I ask you this question, your sister was like twisting your arm. Was she to make sure you said that they were nice? Yes. She was twisting your arm or she wasn't? I know. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Shayla, has anything happened to you there at Holbrook that you especially liked? Can you think of some story or something you like to do there that you want to tell us about? Um, I like is the fun activities they do on church. Now, that's interesting. Usually when kids talk to me about fun activities, they don't use the word church. I'm just telling, I'm going to be honest with you. So tell me about something they do in, uh, in church that's fun. They sometimes do play. Uh-huh. Plays, and I like, um, mm-hmm. like the stories they tell and the songs that they sing. Wow. So, Giovanna, help us out here. So, we know that it's a Christian school, but many of the students come. They're not Christian. This is what I've been told. Is that is that true? Yeah, most of our students uh, don't come from Christian families. And, in fact, I think we have maybe one or two students who come from Christian families or Seventh-day Adventist families. Um, but... Most of them come from um, either traditional families or uh, families that ha- haven't really declared a faith. Okay. And do some of them say, we like what we hear about the school, but we don't want our kids going to church or any kind of a worship service? Would that be a common request? Uh, it's, we've actually had that a few times. One of the things is that they just don't want their... Um, their student to be an active participant. So they might say, you know, it's okay that they're there. I just don't want you trying to, uh, I don't want you trying to push Christianity down my kid's throat. I don't want you to be trying to uh, convert them. So have you received complaints? Has anyone ever said you did, you you betrayed that uh, trust? Um, no, not to us. We haven't, um, we, we're, we're trying to be very real. We are a Christian school. Um, and the reason that we are here and the reason that we are so loving and caring is because of our faith. Um, I've had kids uh, who are like, I love you. I just don't love God. And I'm like, well, then you're misunderstanding why I'm here because I have all this in me because of my faith in God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that the kids get to know, like they get to experience that. Um, I know that some of the students who do become Christian, uh, that they struggle uh, trying to share that with their family or be accepted by their family for being Christian. Well, Giovanna, we've got a lot more to talk about, but we have to step away from the show for just a couple minutes. We're talking with Giovanna Poorberry Adams, the vice principal of Holbrook Indian School, and several of the students. We've got more to come on today's edition of American Indian Living. We will be right back. Don't you go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. My name is Florence A.Q. For lunch today, I had grilled chicken and squash. I am Zuni Indian, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. My name is D. Dakota Denesosi. I turned the TV off and took my nieces and nephews for a walk. We saw two jackrabbits, an eagle, and zero cartoons. I'm from the Dene Nation, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. 
Science has proven that if we lose as little as 10 pounds by walking briskly for 30 minutes, five days a week, and make healthier food choices, we can prevent diabetes. My name is Barbara Akisafuk Curtis. I'm losing weight and being more active. I am Alaskan Inupiaq Eskimo, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. For more information on how to prevent diabetes, talk to your health care provider. For free materials, call the National Diabetes Education Program at 1-800-438-5383 and ask for the power to prevent diabetes. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is Meryl Streep. Over the years, I have played some characters you could call controlling, but the truth is there's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can colorectal cancer. It affects men and women, and it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., which is astounding, considering it's almost entirely preventable. Here's how. Most colon cancers start as polyps, and screening helps find polyps so they can be removed before they even turn into cancer. Screening also finds this cancer early, when treatment works best. For me, screening was simple and quick. It was no big deal, except for the huge sense of relief you feel afterwards. There are several tests that you can choose from. If you're 50 or older, you should talk to your doctor. Decide which one's right for you. Take control. Do everything you can to prevent colon cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. We are speaking with students and one staff member at Holbrookian School in Holbrook, Arizona. Giovanna Poorbear Adams is the vice principal of this innovative school in uh, northeastern Arizona. Do I have that right, uh, Giovanna? Yes, you do. Okay, and you've got three students who we've been enjoying hearing from. One of the things I've heard about uh, students that I'm, I'm interested in your feedback on, and I, I think our listeners are interested in this, is we've heard over the years, those of us that have heard of Holbrook, that it's not just a conventional school where you sit in classes a bunch of the time and then you have some free time, but there's a lot of structured activities, practical things that connect you with your culture, give you practical skills that you can use uh, in work or use in your home. Adrian, tell us a little bit about some of those other things that are not just the so-called reading and writing and arithmetic. Well, one of the classes that I like is pottery. They teach you a lot about your how to carve, like carve some patterns about your culture. Teach you how to the way we used to do it. Um, paint. Wonderful. And in fact, I've um, I've heard from more than one person about how they so appreciate the pottery that does come out of Holbrook. I've I've understood that. Many of you students really get to be quite accomplished uh, working in that area. Do you feel like you're getting to the point, Adrian, where people are looking at your stuff and really feeling that the Creator's given you a gift? Well, I actually just barely started that class about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. And I'm actually really good at it, so 
Yeah, I've been doing it ever since I was, or for about three years when I was in elementary. So basically, these these things that are these practical skills, you don't wait to get the training until you're in high school. You're getting it even in elementary school. Was that true of 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 you, Adrian, from the beginning? Yeah. And you said you've been there for seven years, right? Yeah. So that would put you around third grade when you first went to Holbrook? Yeah. What other uh, programs are there beside what you think of as in a, in a typical uh, high school? Well, the other second favorite I like is uh, Woodshop. This for me to learn how to use my hands and, you know, Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So is this is wood shop giving you skills that you could use, for example, if if you were building a house or cabinetry, or is it uh, more smaller scale things? Yes, yeah, for household stuff and chairs, yeah, regular stuff. Uh huh. Very good. So now I've also heard that in addition to the practical skills, in addition to the academics, the school is very much into trying to help you really be physically in good shape. Uh, Is that true or is that just a rumor that I've heard? Yeah, we have a conditioning class our last period. The... uh do a lot of workouts and stuff to help you build endurance to basically help your body out to be more healthier. Mm-hmm. So do they push you quite a bit in there, Adrian? Um, it all depends. If you're missing around in class, you you have to get done with the, the stuff that they give you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's basically all up to you, or not really all up to you, but you can push yourself harder if you want, but they try not to push you to your breaking point. They try to get you to your, like, where you want to be at to be successful in health. So a student who might be, let's say, overweight or not in really good shape, they shouldn't be afraid of a class like that because the teachers are going to work with them. Yes. The teacher will actually um, actually talk with you one-on-one and you know, sort out what stuff you can, uh, or uh, at the pace he will put you at, and you will work yourself up from there. Great. Well, thanks for sharing your enthusiasm for Holbrook, Adrian. I'm I'm interested from to to hear from the girls too. Johanna, I I heard from Vice Principal Giovanna that you're one of the young ladies who appreciates Holbrook having a a horsemanship program. Did I understand that right? Yes. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I first heard about this, I said, well, if there's a horsemanship program, this must mainly be for the older kids, the high school students. But I gathered that even someone who's in the elementary school like yourself might be able to do some things with the horses. Is that true? Yes. So so tell us, Johanna, do you get to ride the horse or to help take care of it? Tell us about that. 
Well, when we first go in, we choose our horses that we want to ride. Uh-huh. And then we groom them. And Mr. Bruce puts on the saddles and the blankets for us. And we go get our riding helmets while he's doing that. So how old are you again? I'm going to be 12 in February. Okay, so you're going to be 12. And have you ever ridden horses before you went there to Holbrook? No. So you have this love for horses and you want to get involved. And you've already been riding since you've been a student there? Yes. Wow. I mean, that to, that to me sounds pretty impressive that they're they're getting you involved and active, but it's not just riding. You're actually taking care of the horses, too, grooming them and everything? Yeah. So how is it? What do you think about it? Are, was, are horses all that you thought they'd be, or are you done it a few times? You say, ah, I'm kind of bored with it. You've, you know, you groom a horse once and ride it once, and you, you don't want to do it anymore. Is, is that how you feel? No. So you're you're always happy to go down there and see the horses, huh? Yes. How many do they have? They have like I think it's like nine horses that the kids ride. The, a few of the staff members have horses as well. Okay. And what what horse do you usually end up riding, Johanna? Toby. Toby. And is Toby uh what 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 attracted you to Toby? How gentle he is. Okay. That's great. Is, is he an older horse? Yes. Nice. So what happens if there's a student listening right now, Johanna, and they say, wow, this sounds like fun. I've, I've never had a horse. I've never ridden one. I'd like to go to a place like that. Or they've been listening to Adrian, and they say, wow, woodworking, and uh, you know, it sounds like some great things I'd, I'd love to do. W- would you guys encourage students to think about Holbrook or do you say no we got a nice group here we don't want anyone else to come how do you feel as as students well I would encourage them to come because we do a lot of fun activities that's great now we've got Shayla we haven't heard from you we've heard about woodworking and conditioning and pottery is there anything that that they haven't mentioned Shayla that you like to do as far as the activities at Holbrook um, I also like horsemanship. Uh-huh. So you you like to spend time with the horses, too? Yes. Uh-huh. Now, I've heard that they've got a garden program where you actually grow things and then you eat it right there for your meals. Do you do anything with that? Well, the first thing when I came here is that I like when you pick them and... We put them in a bucket, and sometimes we used to, when we picked them, we used to take them back. So basically, you were doing some of the harvesting of the crops. Yes. What kind of crops do they grow there? What kind of food would you would you, do you grow there at the school, Shayla? Mm. Grow any corn or beans? Um, watermelon. Uh huh. Carrot. Cucumbers. Okay. Watermelon, carrots, cucumbers. Those all sound pretty good. How did the watermelons turn out last year? They turned out really good. Good. How does it feel to actually be helping out where the food is grown and then actually eat it? Is that something special or no big deal for you? Um, 
something special. Mm -hmm. I think that's tremendous. You know, this is what I heard, Shayla, and you tell me, I don't know, maybe you've had this experience or not, but a lot of times students, you know, young students like yourself, 8, 10, 12 years of age, they don't like to eat sometimes the really good foods, like you mentioned, the the watermelons and the carrots and the squash. But I've heard that if they grow the food, they're more interested to try it and eat it themselves. Have you found, Shayla, that because you've grown some things, you are more interested to eat them? Yes. Great. Well, listen, I know you students have got a busy day. We're finishing up this segment. We're going to let you guys leave in just a minute because I've got a lot of questions that I want to talk with Giovanna about. But I want to thank each of you, Adrian, Johanna, uh, Shayla, for joining us. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Before we let you guys leave, we're going to tell our listeners, don't you go away just because our students have to get to some other activities. Giovanna is going to be telling us some more exciting things about Holbrook Indian School, things that can make a difference for you, some implications, whether you ever show up in uh, Holbrook, Arizona or not. Stay tuned for more. I'm Dr. DeRose. We will be right back. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. I'm Karen, and two very important people in my life, my husband and my father, have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is a type of irregular heartbeat. People with AFib are five times more likely to have a stroke than people without AFib. Talk with a healthcare professional today about your risk and learn how to manage AFib to prevent a stroke. Visit stroke.org slash AFib to learn more. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 
1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're talking today with folks at Holbrook Indian School, and although our our students have had to slip away to other activities. We have Giovanna Poor Bear Adams staying by. She is the vice principal of Holbrook Indian School. If you've been with us from the top of the hour, you heard her speaking about her background. She's Oglala Lakota from Pine Ridge and uh, now making her home there in Holbrook, Arizona. Giovanna, it was inspiring to hear from the students did did they get some kind of extra credit, or you, did you pay them something to be on the radio show? Oh, no. I just asked uh, if there was anybody who really loved it and wanted to talk and uh, just share some stories. That was great. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I, I know there's people over the years that have heard about Holbrook. They've visited. I've, I've met people who've been faculty or volunteers there. I, I've met students who've been there. But there's many people, I mean, we're heard as American Indian Living, heard all the way from Alaska to Florida and pretty much everywhere in between in the uh, United States and into Canada. Some people will never have a chance to visit your campus, but I think you're doing some innovative things that could make a difference for anyone, whether it's a, a home, whether it's a tribe, what have you been excited about as a, as a leader there, and what kind of lessons can we take away, whether someone comes to Holbrook or not? Over the last several years, we've been developing a new U program, and um, it is all over the place. But the biggest part of that um, is a healing. The biggest message and biggest thing we're trying to do is provide healing and growth for the students. And um, we do that um, with four pillars. Um, there's way you can describe it as four pillars. You can think of it as um, the four pieces of a medicine wheel. It's just in fours, and the, the four of them are, of course, your physical health, uh, your mental, yeah, like your um, your mental health, your spiritual health, and then your academic or your professional health. So that's something that we try to do here um, at our school. Um, for the physical health, we have. Uh, a huge exercise program, um, a PE classes. When you go, a lot of public schools are moving towards only having one, maybe two years of PE class required for graduation. Mm-hmm. And something that we do here is we, re- we require three years of PE class. Um, and many of our students take four or the equivalent of like seven years of PE class because they sign up for more than one PE. Okay. The physical health is also, we have the garden to plate um, program where the kids are working in the garden. They're learning how to grow foods, how to uh, till the soil, and what kind of seeds grow well for this area. Um, and then they get to see it cooked in the cafeteria. So that's, again, physical health. We um, teach them about diet, you know, minimizing junk food. Uh, growing, like eating more of the healthier stuff, fresher stuff. Um, and that's something that I know is happening on a lot of reservations and, and should be happening, should continue growing, is a return to healthier foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the places, their traditional foods are what they're looking for because they're healthier than what is um, the current 
um, common diet on the reservation. No question. I mean, a lot of those commodity foods and things really move people away from those traditional foods that were so healthy. So like you said, Giovanna, a lot of tribes trying to move back in that direction. But it's so exciting to see you helping young people catch a vision for how tasty these foods can be and how they can grow them themselves. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. I love seeing the stuff um, going to uh, like Native American um, healing conventions. Well, uh, like for uh, in the service field, Native Amer in the Native American service field, there's um, per, um, presentations and workshops that you can go to. And a lot of them are talking about that, the garden to plate thing, returning to the traditional foods and growing it yourself and being connected to to your earth and to what you're eating and how you're um what you're how you're taking care of your body it's amazing and i'm just so excited that we get to be a part of it and that we started it you know even before this was at, you know as everybody's doing it we're in with it you know we're trying to bring healing as well that's so exciting and i i could tell from shayla's voice even though of course standing behind a microphone is a little intimidating, even if in the case of your venue, it might be a speakerphone. But I could tell that she was, you know, encouraged, enthusiastic about what's happening. And she's just, what, 10 years of age? Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Now, is it hard for some of the students at first to get excited about working in the garden? You know, I'm not sure about the garden. I think a lot of them, especially the little kids, uh, they love being out there, you know, and just working with the soil and growing I think the issue where we have trouble with is the high school kids um, because they don't see the point of it yet. Mm. But as they continue working on it and they get to see what they're working on grow into something that everybody benefits from, you know, and everybody gets to, to eat and they get to see what they worked on on the table with on everybody's plates, I think that that's when they appreciate it. Um, the, the younger kids, they're just excited to be outside. <laughs> that's great. So basically, you've got these four pillars. The physical includes things like nutrition and the practical skills of working in the farm. We talked in the last segment about the horsemanship program. Would that be part of the, the physical health aspect as well? The, uh, the horsemanship program actually crosses between the physical and the mental health um, because uh, working with the horses has been, and uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of research that it's very therapeutic to students, especially our students that have um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of them that come with crazy, you know, um, just backgrounds with a lot of pain, and they come here and they're able to work with um, the horses. We actually have um, something that our horsemanship our, uh, director started. It's called an Adopt-A-Horse. And so this is aside from the actual classes where the kids um, can request to adopt a horse. And what they'll do is they'll come early in the morning and they'll groom and take um, the horse out. And then when the kids, the other students come back in through, they just rework with the horse. Um, but just being close to that, something that can be very scary and then um, being able to bond with the horse. It's very therapeutic to the kids, and so um, that would be the mental health, but also uh, the physical health because it takes a lot of um, muscle. It takes a lot of uh, cardio to be able to be doing that, and um, 
working with the horses and riding them. So it, it crosses over both. Very good. So we've got the mental and the physical we've been talking about in some detail. Remind us what those other two pillars are. We have our spiritual health. And one of that is mental includes also an identity. And so that's something mental and spiritual provide an identity. So we, we, we've talked about it a little bit with, about with the kids, with Adrian mentioning uh, the language, and us, we teach Navajo language here. Um, and that's primarily, primarily because most of our students are Navajo. Mm -hmm. But we also teach the pottery uh, in our Bible classes. Because we are a Christian school, we do have um, Bible classes that are required for each grade level. Um, along with our, our Bible stories, we also relate those Bible stories and find parallels between um, what is in the Bible and what is in Native traditions, the flood stories, the creation stories, um, the returning to um, a pure lifestyle, a pure life. Um, those are things that cross between all religious beliefs, and those are kind of the kinds of things we teach our kids. So um, spiritual identity. You know, that's so tremendous, and I've heard people read things from educators at leading institutions, even people who don't, uh, don't believe the Bible is God's book. There's a growing interest in higher education to make sure students know about the Bible because so much of our culture, so much of the, when I say our culture, I'm speaking of the kind of collective North American identity today. I'm not speaking about any one uh, ethnic group or indigenous group, but you, you listen to the language and people will use terms that have biblical references. And a lot of schools are saying, we may not believe that the Bible is an inspired book, but we think every student should be exposed to it. So, of course, I come from a little different perspective in my spiritual walk right now, whereas I was an agnostic at one point in my experience as a young adult. I said, you know, I can't, uh, I can't see how this book is just a human book. So I understand where you're coming from, a Christian perspective, but I could understand how students from any perspective would say, I can see how this relates to my culture. Is that what you hear actually from the students and their families? Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons that we try to make sure that they see connections is because it is a human thing and there are connections. What We are all connected to each other and this is one of the ways that we show how we're connected. That's great. So we've got the new U program there at Holbrook Indian School and you're saying people can do this anywhere. They don't have to come to Holbrook and you can focus on physical health, spiritual health, mental health. What's the other uh, of the four pillars? Uh, you would call it either um, academic or professional growth. Um, and this is one that is going to be hard, and it's one that we really struggle with our students um, as they do. We, we try to help them go through college mm -hmm. or training school or just moving. Um, one of the reasons that we have trouble with this and one of the reasons why it needs to be grown so much on the reservations is um, that we need more we need more native people in leadership leadership positions or um, we need to be going into businesses and seeing Native American owners um, healing programs that are run by native people mm -hmm. and so we're that's one of the reasons why we need to really work on our professional growth 
um, one of the things our students struggle with is a lot of them anyway is not having their parents or their families backing them up as they're trying to go through school mm. they'll they want their kids to stay home um, we have one girl who her family said you know why are you leaving your job is here you need to be taking care of us um, you need to be working why are, like they they'll even accuse her of a aba- um, of abandoning them because she goes to school instead of staying home and cooking and cleaning and making sure that they're getting the things that they need, um, like uh, doing their laundry. Um, anyway, it's, there are some people who also, um, like for me, when I started going, um, when I first came to Holbrook, and then when I went to college and I would go home, I had family members and friends would accuse me of um, being too good for them mm-hmm. because I went to school. But I left, they're like, well, you don't know because you left. You're, you're too good for us now. And so um, we need to, as communities within each other and um, as intertribally, we need to support each other in academic growth so Tremendous. that we can um, see healing across our nation. Mm-hmm. Wonderful message. We have to step away, though, Giovanna. You're hearing... Uh, a beautiful picture of how we can all become a new you. We've got a final segment coming up with Giovanna speaking about practical lessons for you. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Stay tuned. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's one 800 775 4673. We'll be right back after this. What I say, you already know, but you don't believe. You won't accept, you don't conceive. When you're inside your car, you feel safest of all. Are you safe? Are you? Two tons of sheet metal in your hands. Two tons don't run on autopilot. You have a mission, it's no collision. Hold the phone, don't text, you're angling to be next. Oh, you've done it before. What's the harm? Just this once, there's no alarm. Got your hands on the wheel? No big deal. Brothers and sisters, you won't see it coming. You're off the road, your life explodes. It's not worth it, don't do it. You only think there's nothing to it. Put it down, hang up, pay attention to highway action. Behind the wheel, there is no such thing as a small distraction. Join the conversation at decidetodrive.org. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, who would rather help keep your bones strong than put them back together. We are here to say a word about cancer. When you talk to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, be positive. Be supportive. That's it. Stop right there. Don't start telling them about your Uncle Vern. Or the next door neighbor. Don't be grim. Try not to disappear either. Don't cross to the other side of the street. Don't stop calling. Don't cry. Don't ever say you're living my worst nightmare. You know who you are. Here's the important part. Be positive. Be positive. Se positivo. Say these words. You will do great. Keep calling. Check in. Be a friend. Or be a new friend. Be a supportive. Positive friend. Smile. Try not to be afraid. Or act afraid. Fear is not useful. Be a funny, hopeful human being. If you come across cancer, let it transform you into your most positive self. And inspire. Urge. Fortify. Rally. Encourage someone to do great. This message brought to you by Cancer Survivors. 
For more information, to hear stories or share your own, visit DoGreatCampaign.com. Do great. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're listening to the final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. It's another show that's featuring Holbrook Indian School. And if you're not a regular listener and you're hearing about Holbrook for the first time, it's very possible you may be interested in further information. Giovanna, if someone wants to learn more about the school, either they're wanting to... uh, be a sponsor, they're wanting to maybe look into sending a child or a grandchild there. How does someone get a hold of you? Well, one of the first things that people could do is to look at our our website, and it's www.hissda.org. Um, and of course, that has everything on there, but again, I'll... Um, and you can learn a little bit more about our program, see some pictures, uh, some pottery, um, our calendar of events for the year. Um, but our phone number at our school, like to the main office, is area code 928-524-6845. Um, and then our, uh, my email address, that would be an easy one, is vicepriincipal at org. Um, if you wanted to get the principal, again, it's principal at HISSDA.org. Um, also, our registrar, if you're looking for applications or just any general questions, she'll be able to uh, direct you from the main line. Okay, let me see if I've got this. I, I think the main thing we just want is, is that website. That's a great place to start, and that's the initials of Holbrook Indian School, HIS. And then SDA, because it is a Seventh-day Adventist school. Is that right? Yes, it is a Seventh-day Adventist boarding school. And and then it's .org. And the phone number that we can use is 928 area code 524-6845, correct? Yeah, perfect. Okay, now let's just talk a little bit about that, the, the Seventh-day Adventist connection. I know... Many people have heard of Seventh-day Adventists. I mean, one of the more recent things that have brought that particular faith community to attention is uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who's been more in the national spotlight. And whether you like Ben Carson or not, I I think what I'm hearing from people is uh, they really respect his uh, kindness, his expertise as a health professional, a caring person, and so a lot of people are, uh, if they hadn't heard of Seventh-day Adventists, they're relating to this church that has this whole person health philosophy and is reaching across tribal and ethnic lines to do that. And I really see Holbrook Indian School very much following in that tradition. Am I saying more or less than, than you would say in describing that connection? Oh, I love it. It is one of the reasons that we try so hard that we work so hard for our students is um, for healing. It is our faith. Um, we look into the the individual students and everything that they are, and we love them, and we love who they are um, just for being them. 
Well, Giovanna, we've talked uh, a lot about Holbrook in several different shows. We've interviewed some of your faculty in different venues where I've been, Native American gatherings and others. And so I know for many people, Holbrook Indian School is a, is a household word. For others, they may be hearing about it for the first time. And even more importantly, there may be parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, whatever, that are listening to the show and they're saying, we want our child to go to a boarding school. Maybe they've got in with the wrong group at the local high school or elementary school. Maybe because of their own challenges, it's just not a good fit right where they're at. And there's a number today of... I think what most people would say are quality Native American boarding schools. Why would someone choose Holbrook over another one? This is something that I feel very passionate about because I love this school so much. I love this place so much. Um, One of the things that makes us different than a lot of other schools is our size. Our student body size is so small compared to the rest of them. Um, we take students between the first grade and the 12th grade. Um, and we've, right now we've got between 60 and 70 students. And we hope to have between 100 and 120 students. And even still, that is a very small school. Mm-hmm. Our dorm room, like our dorms, the girls' dorm has a little girls' hallway and the big girls' hallway, which is high school. And so first through eighth grade is on the little girls' hallway. Um, and the older girls will help the kids, the younger ones, get ready for bed, um, reading stories. They worship together. They pray together. Um, they, you know, do laundry. It's really, it's a much a family atmosphere. And the kids, the girls, they become sisters. And the boys, they become brothers. And so they're taking care of um, they're mentoring the younger ones. The younger ones are looking up to and, you know, hoping to be like the older ones. And because our student body is so small, we can help guide our students through that. How do you be a good mentor? How do you um, help these younger students or these, how do you be a good example to them? Um, our staff to student ratio is about a two-to-one ratio. We have wow. about two students to every staff member that we have on our campus right now. And so it is almost impossible for students to fall between the cracks, to um, be somehow be marginalized, uh, like um, to get left behind. Mm-hmm. It is not something that happens at our school because we are so intentional and because um, we are so hands-on with our students. Now, for some people, Giovanna, in addition to what we've been talking about, the unique attributes of the size and the faculty commitment, some are listening and they're very excited about the faith connection, but others may have some reservations. Speak to someone who says, everything I've heard about Holbrook sounds wonderful. I like the emphasis on practical education. I like the small size. I like the idea of a personal atmosphere, but I'm very worried about this uh, Christian connection or maybe Seventh-day Adventist. They don't know what that is. That sounds kind of weird or strange to them. How would you speak to that individual? One of the things that we try to teach our students and to show them is that they always have a choice. 
we emphasize that to them so much. There's a lot of them that, based off of, for whatever reason, whether it's their background, whether it's just a block for them, like they just don't understand, a lot of them feel like they don't have choices in things. They don't have, they didn't choose this. They didn't choose, they don't get to, they don't get to have any choices about their future or the things that they're doing. And something that we really work with at our school is to instill in them their individual, like that they're individuals who make choices for themselves. Mm -hmm. And we provide a good life here, a good safe environment. And we share that with our students. We share the the purpose for our being, our, um, the purpose of our school at the same time respecting their right to choose. They teach us things as well. We celebrate culture with them. We've gone back and forth exchanging languages to, you know, how do you say horse in your language? You know, I say it this way. And we'll we'll share creation stories. We'll we we all relate to each other as humans who have choices, who care and who are growing on the same same journey, same path trying to live a good life. I, you know, I so appreciate what you're saying because what I hear the point you're making, Giovanna, is, you know, if we don't give our children opportunities to be exposed to what I would say is um, a more practical Christianity, and, and the reason I use that term is uh, I'm saddened by much of what's happened in the world under the name of Christianity. And I think a lot of people throughout Indian country feel the same way, that that name um, of, quote, Christian has not always been taken by people that were kind and loving. And I really appreciate that you're modeling that. And what I really hear you saying is, if you want to see what the, the best, our interpretation of what real Christianity looks like, come and spend some time at Holbrook. If you have bad feelings about Christianity, I think you'll see it in a different light by being here. Is, is that a fair uh, thing to say? That is absolutely fair. I feel like it, uh, Christianity in itself, the history behind it, it has been so cruel. And the memories uh, and the traumas that happened because of um, the historical Catholic boarding schools can cause a lot of pain for people and they're worried about their kids coming to our school. But this is not, that is not the culture at our school. Ours is a culture of love and understanding and communication. And so I absolutely agree with you, and I appreciate you for uh, making that clear. Okay, well, we have to run. Giovanna Poorbear Adams, she's the vice principal of Holbrook Indian School. Thank you so much, Giovanna, for joining us today and sharing your students with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you to each one of you, our listeners. It's time to go, but as always, we hope today's edition of American Indian Living is something that helps you enjoy the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service.